1: Hello, and welcome to My Favourite Takeaway, the show for people who love food but can't always be bothered to cook it. This is the show where myself, Tom Crane, and my friend Simran Shah go into the homes of celebrities hello, and have their favourite <laughs> takeaway with them just as they normally have it. Um, how are you, Simi? Are you well? Yeah, I'm
0: good. I'm good, Crane. I'm good. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm quite hungry already, actually. Ah. Yeah, I know. Well, and you've, uh... you've come to the right podcast. You've come to the right <laughs> podcast. <Sim. laughs> have you not eaten? Have you, have you had? Okay, why haven't you eaten today? Why are you Hungry. I'm in that sort of between lunch and dinner sort of phase. You know, what I've just had actually. I've just had a made a bit of toast, put a bit of butter on it, nice. And then took a pickle jar, a patuck yeah, pickle jar of garlic pickle, and just spread the pickle on the toast and just ate that. And honestly, it was absolutely delicious.
1: The initial tone of that suggested you were about to tell me about um butter on toast, like that was a new thing. I was glad that sort <laughs> kept going into something more interesting. <laughs> I took a piece of toast and I put butter on it. Can you imagine that? The combining the two things. Um, <laughs> Now, Sim, I want to tell you something. I've, I've had a food-related story this week, which I think is worth 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 mentioning. I went to a lovely restaurant uh, called Oren in uh, Dalston this week, which is really, really nice, Mediterranean food. And it gives you an idea of how excited and sort of carried away I get by food and the ambience and the joy of eating with people I love. Um, my girlfriend and I went for a meal in Oren on Wednesday and... Um, we had such a nice night uh, in a sort of moment of absolute <laughs> random fun, shall we say. Uh, we, we got engaged, which is nice. What? So, uh, yes, you and I got engaged.
0: We did midway oh through my the middle.
1: Was... There was this no is how you're plan telling me. for this.
0: This is how you're <laughs> telling me on the podcast. <laughs> This is unbelievable. Claire insisted. Claire said you should mention to him. Turn him (laughs) on the
1: podcast. See how he reacts.
0: We can document his reaction. That is astonishing. Like this next level, trying to get content for the show. But I mean, that is um, great. This is great news. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Oh, how wonderful. That's so cool.
1: <laughs> but it does show you sort of the place you can get into. I'm very much in love, but it was such a sort of perfect moment of both being as happy as we can be. You're sharing a meal with someone you care about. And that's the, the joy of life, isn't it? And it and it just happened in the moment. Sorry,
0: I've got so many questions, Tom. Far away. How did you do it in the restaurant? What did you do? How did you do it?
1: We were just talking about, you know, life and the future and that sort of stuff. And then I just sort of like randomly asked. What was what was a bit awkward soon? I'll just say that there wasn't enough well, there wasn't enough room for me to go down on one Knee because we were stuck up on bar stools against the bar. So I sort of like lowered myself a little bit on the bar stool. Oh so my yes, God. Was, you know. <laughs> this is wonderful. Actually, uh, but uh, she, she kindly said yes. And it was a very, very nice moment. They gave us some champagne and sort of the bar staff all sort of raised a glass. And it was very nice. Were you nervous about doing this? Well, I had wasn't actually it? nervous. Obviously, you planned it. No, I had no. I hadn't planned it at all, and I, I had been thinking about it as it was, it was definitely something I was going to do in the near future, but it just happened sort of in the moment. So I wasn't nervous, and it was kind of a lovely moment. And she said yes, and uh, then we completed what was a fantastic meal. You see, most people like to do sort of proposal in the front of maybe the Eiffel Tower or something like that. And for me, it was some perfectly char grilled broccoli. That was what I wanted. I wanted that as the as a backing. This is
0: this is wonderful news.
1: That is... That, that is my food story. That that's my food story. It's a hell
0: of a food story, Craig. It's a hell
1: of a food it is. Story. It's not really a food story, to be honest. It's more of a life story than a food story. It's a full engagement. I think if, I'd be a bit offended if Claire went around saying, I had a great meal last night. Do you want to hear about a great meal? I had? Oh, yeah, I was proposed to. That's fine. But I had a really great meal last Wednesday. It's not a food story, it's a life story. Um, well, congratulations. This is huge. <laughs> but thank you, Simran. You're, you're, you're very kind. Thank you. Now, Sim, um, yes. let's get on to the far more important subject. Let's takeaway do it. Food, let's of course, do it. who cares about, you know, uh, love and all that sort of stuff?
0: The real love is for our love for takeaway. Um, so what, we, what have we had this week? We have a couple of correspondents here. Now, this one's coming, coming from a guy called Joe. And he says, hi, both. I've got something to share with you. I've been getting cheaper Wagamamas for about a year. And here's how. Okay, strap in. Right. I only ever buy the child portions. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. They're cheap. Brilliant.
0: They're cheap. Four quid. And filling. About two-thirds size of an adult portion. So you can set your sample more than one main each time. <laughs> right. That's it. That's it. That's your way of getting a cheaper wagon. Ordering cheaper food. I don't, I don't think and it's a food
1: hack <laughs> So you must only be doing this on takeaway, because no one would have the balls to do that in the restaurant, would they? Sort of claiming you're, you're meeting a six-year-old and they haven't turned up yet. You're going. Like, Sorry, my son is on his way. This is for my son. He just hasn't got here yet. So he's running. Late. He's running very late. He's so tardy. <laughs> so that must be a takeaway thing. But I, I have thought about one thing I've seen. When you often you'll go round you if you eat in like gastropub and stuff like this, as I often do. Cause, you know, I work hard and I like to play. I like to enjoy myself. The, um, there's often a sign that says uh, kids under five eat for free and I've always wondered whether I could get away with going uh, yeah I'll, I'll, have, um, I'll have like a small chicken nuggets and um, my son will have the sort of 35 pound ribeye with a, a <laughs> glass <of ribeye. laughs> see if I can get his meal for free and then sort of very quickly <laughs> or subtly swap them midway through but um, that is something I've thought about um, Simran, what else have we been sent? Okay,
0: week? so Sarah says Uh, You asked for takeaway horror stories, and I've got one that's quite disgusting. Here we go. Perfect. A friend of mine, for the purposes of this story we'll call Andy, had the genius idea of purchasing a quarter pounder from the local kebab shop on a night out and stashing it in the bush near the bar we always go to. The logic being (laughs) that by the time we would finish our night out, there was never anywhere open to get any food, and this way you could have some post-booze, pre-bed, food to line the stomach before he slept.
1: Absolutely incredible.
0: None of us were convinced a cold bush burger was a great idea, but he goes ahead anyway and stashes the burger in the hedge. Cut to 2am. We drunkenly stumble (laughs) home and into the bush, Andy goes to retrieve his flame grilled treasure, which at this point we all concede was a genius idea and are all asking, practically begging for a piece. The smugness on his face was well earned on his first bite. And we all agree that going forward, this will now become a new ritual. But the second bite, his demeanor suddenly changed. His face contorted. (laughs) Oh no! And there was a a look of confusion and disgust as he spat out the burger and started to gag. He looked down, opened the bun and found over the course of the evening, a swarm of slugs had infiltrated (laughs) his late night snack. And his quarter pounder was now a half a pounder. With the added slug meat.
1: Oh no!
0: Oh no! Amazingly, no, no! He wasn't sick, but none of us have been able to order from that takeaway again. Which, in fairness, by the way, Sarah, is not their fault. But the trauma is obviously too real. That is so bad. That is so disgusting. I actually
1: thought that was quite a good idea for a bit of that. To be
0: honest, look, Sarah, I think your mate has obviously tried very hard to be practical. But I do feel sorry for the place that's never uh, getting your custom again. It's nothing to do with them.
1: my my three-year-old just 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 walked in shall i ask him would you eat a burger from a bush is that a yes or a no
0: yes oh there we are Oh, there we go
1: done (laughs) so i could just about see myself doing that if it was a cold night what about you
0: Simran? just to wrap it up what would you do that burger in a bush thoughts i think i would just have to hold out and see what and what is left in the kitchen at home i don't think i do the (sighs) burger in the bush So uh, if you
1: have any stories that you think may rival uh, eating a burger, which is half burger, half slug, do contact the show. We (laughs) want to hear the craziest takeaway stories you have. The weirder, the better. Can you beat Sarah? If so, contact us on Hello at myfavoritetakeawaypodcast.com and going forward we also want to hear about the favorite takeaways from around the country We want to kind of get an idea of the stuff that you guys are eating and the takeaways that you love so send us photos of your favorite takeaways the dishes you think they're best at and a description of why you love them so much and maybe we'll mention it on the show or we'll pop it on our instagram but we just want to get a flavor of what you the takeaway public are eating and here is how you can get in contact with the show
0: You can follow us on Insta, on My Favorite Takeaway Podcast, on Twitter, on Pod, or email us, hello at takeawaypodcast.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
2: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection.
0: Right, next up, we've got uh, one of the – I'm very excited about this – one of the most popular comics in the country. Uh, He has a critically acclaimed Netflix show called Repertoire. He's the host of the comedy panel show Hypothetical and host of the very good uh, food comedy podcast off-menu. This is, uh, of course, the incredible James Acaster. And we met James uh, at his flat in South London. But we were chatting for quite a while. And whilst we were chatting to James, we would tell that he was getting a little, little hangry. I would say <laughs> uh, so because t- the food was just sat there. And it was getting it was getting
1: cold. He, he made his feelings known, and uh, the food from Me Cucina Estuya, which is an incredible place in Crystal Palace, was amazing. I can see why he reacted like this. I'm, I'm
2: fucking starving.
1: Well, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> James has subtly suggested that maybe he's hungry. <laughs> so, um, James, tell us where have you ordered from, uh, what have you ordered, and why are you so angry? <laughs>
2: We're, we've ordered from uh, Mikatuna Etuya, which is... I mean, I don't know if you've got you know, any delivery apps on your phone and you want to have a look to back this up, but there are, are not many options uh, around where oh, I live. Okay. And um, this is by far and away the best place. I love it. Uh, it's a Venezuelan place. And uh, when I first moved in here... Can we say
1: where where we are, by the way? That's okay. Yeah, Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. sure. We're in, like, the Crystal Palace area, uh, roughly speaking. Yeah, it's a little, like, quite a tiny place. Uh, There's Venezuelan food, mainly a repas. That's what I went for. Oh. That's the first reason why I went there. I wanted to try a repas. I noticed that that, that this place that did them locally, so I was pretty overjoyed at that. You know, I think every country has its version of a sandwich or a taco or something. Yeah. And and this is, like, um, I think quite a few countries in South America do their version of it, but this is a Venezuelan yeah, yeah, yeah. one. And is it kind of, it's a street food, is it really? A rep? Yeah, <laughs> It's I kind of so. like a daytime snack or whatever. I yeah. think so. It's like a, a nice doughy kind of little pocket. Yeah. And in, in that it can be beef, pork, chicken, you know, beans. Pinto beans, beans, pinto beans yep. uh, white cheese, all stuff like that. Okay, love it. And uh, plantain. Yep. And uh, so the first time I went there was for that, but now I've since discovered... The whole menu
1: is delicious. It's also rocking a 4.9 average rating on Google. Yeah. Which is very good. Up there with the highest I've ever seen from anywhere. Mikatuna Etuja is
2: by far my favourite place because, like, it's actually, you know, the variety there. It's unlike anything anywhere else, even in London, I'd say, that I've found in London. Yeah. So I feel very lucky to have it here. And uh, I always cross my fingers that it doesn't shut down because everywhere else... Seems to get shut down.
1: Let's get it out. I get the feeling that it's, it's run by just, I think it's a Venezuelan couple actually. I think yes. It really is like a family, yeah. little family place.
2: Yeah, it's a little family place and uh, they're really nice. They always write on my delivery bags, thank you, James, uh, and stuff like that. <laughs> that really <laughs> makes all the difference.
1: I make like me. a message on a delivery bag. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely
2: love it. Uh, even though all they've done is look at the app and see who, who ordered it, but you know. I'll, I'll be
1: tricked, I, I still think they, they like me, they remember me. What are your thoughts on a sort of cool slogan? I had the phrase, um, live clean, eat dirty, written on a, a bag last week. Which seemed a bit Ooh. cool, it's from like a cool That's burger a place. Yeah, it's very, uh, what, that... Why did they write that? It's sort of like that sort of rip curl, aspirational... Rip curl a bit of an old reference.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying rip <laughs> curl is to not me, aspirational. That's... <laughs> it's cool, kids, though. It's, it's surfing. I was worried
2: <laughs> when, I, when I sent my order to you guys, yeah. I was worried that maybe they wouldn't have everything um, because uh, sometimes, different times of day, they don't have the whole menu. Okay. So when I, when I told you what I wanted, I was like, well, we'll probably get half of that, but it seems oh, like wow. we have all of it. So um, we currently have
1: one, two, three, four, five, six.
2: We've seventh, got seventh a lot house? of stuff here. There's really no uh, order we need to eat this in. But take us through
1: whatever you'd like to start with.
0: This is like we a sort first. Of pancake
2: thing, then. Yeah, so here's the thing, and here's, here's the problem was always with me talking you through the um, the, the menu here, is that, um, much like a lot of people, whenever I read a book, if there's a word I don't understand, I'll just uh, skip over it and um, <laughs> the, 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 I read the whole book not really knowing that person's name or that, <laughs> what that thing means. The menu, <laughs> my favourite restaurant, is very much like that. I don't know what any of these things are called. <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, I eat them all the time, <laughs> don't know what any of them are called, couldn't tell you. Um, so here for example, so let, let's start with this. Well this is the one.
1: consequence of people ordering with a click of the finger on delivery and some of this, rather than oh,
2: ringing yeah, up and yeah, actually yeah, saying yeah, over yeah, the phone. God, right?
0: that does look good though, doesn't it? Oh wow, Yeah. That so
2: great. This is like a sweet corn pancake, but that is like a sandwich, and in between there you have the, uh, shredded, I think this one, if, from what I remember, I've got the shredded the pork one, but like I think it should be pork and white cheese in the middle there. I think that's the <laughs> one I went for. And there's also another one uh, I got here, which is just white cheese. So I never had the just oh, wow. white cheese one Ooh. before, and that looks mad. Is that
1: like queso cheese. That God, God, that, yeah, yeah. That cheese is spilling right out. That, is, that they have, pancake, uh, is, they have they have
2: put. It? I mean, the sweet corn pancake is in like a half moon, and the uh, <laughs> the cheese is just a full on rectangle. So it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is coming out the sides there. You can see a little bit of salt on the top there with yeah. the pancake. So is that is that actually a sweet corn? It is, mate. It it's a sweet corn there? pancake. Yeah, yeah it's that's quite that's fluffy. It. I do. I, I love a sweet corn yeah. fritter. Yeah. 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 yeah I yeah. always, if there's sweet corn yeah, fritters yeah. on a on a menu, yeah. Yeah. I'm always straight in there. They never let you down. I've never had a bad one, and uh, that's what led me to discovering the sweet <laughs> corn pancake. <laughs> if you're wondering, what, are you um, a fan of sweet corn? Would you have sweet corn on a pizza? Yeah, I'd have sweet corn on a pizza. I'm a big like, fan of sweet I'd corn I've really turned yeah. sweet corn down. I mean, I've recently been... Uh, look, apologies to anyone who is listening to this podcast who has listened to Off Menu because, you know, look, we're talking about food. Some of these stories I'll have told before. yeah, And they're not stories. They're just things I've eaten. But <laughs> a, a big thing I've got into during lockdown, making at home, is corn ribs.
0: What? What's that? Oh, OK, interesting. Get Go yourself
2: on. some sweet corn. Right. Cut it up into quarters which involves slicing down the cob yep and then uh you want to you want to get some oil bubbling away in a wok okay then put it all face down yep. corn side down a few minutes until it's nice and brown then put it in a uh in a big bowl with uh lime juice and this seasoning uh kombu seasoning that uh, I got mix it all together in there uh with some oli- <laughs> with, with, with some olive oil and uh it's absolutely, del- you just eat it, eat them like ribs, yeah. They are so delicious. Oh, that sounds that's absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's my favorite way to have sweet corn these days. Top okay. tip,
0: okay. Here we go. Okay. Does anyone
2: okay. not want one of this one? No, this looks no, amazing. You'd all like some yeah. of that one. Yeah, fantastic. So, I'm gonna. This is the meat one. So,
1: how have your takeaway habits been in lockdown? I mean, it, you... I mean
2: as I say, like the, the, the options around here are limited, okay. So, it's mainly been this place, yeah, uh, for me, and that's mainly at lunch times. There's uh, an Indian place that I Sometimes get the exact same order from every single time, which is I get the uh, for myself. I will
0: get the um, here <laughs> we go, love it. The, uh, Thank you, James. The <laughs>
2: okra, lovely. Um, the chicken zakutie, which mm. I get if it's on any menu, menu I yep. get chicken is that with courgette. No, 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 no chicken. Uh, and um, <laughs> and um, I, uh, I also, <laughs> and then I'll also get the uh, this prawn. I can't remember if it jingle or something. It's like. Oh, yeah, nice, juicy. juicy. Yeah. So good. good. There's, a, there's a lot of ginger in them. It tastes great. Do
0: you want a big, big cheesy? Yeah, let's give, so this to just give this a go. This looks like the sort of cheese sandwich that if your mother gave you any way to school you'd never recover from it. <laughs> you'd be bullied to death. I just can't imagine this cheese being anything other than very squeezy.
2: It looks insane. I've never ordered that one before.
1: It does look mad. It looks. It looks like a, it? it looks like a dessert. Yeah. It's such a, it looks like a yeah, cheesecake. Cream. That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I think so this queso um... cheese is a huge thing in Venezuelan food, though. And the reason I think that is because I looked up. I'm just you it now. <laughs> but I have a feeling, having read about it on the way over here, that it is yeah. um, quite a big thing. Um, let me have a look here. Is, is this a cachapas? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is
0: cachapas cheese, a soft and sweet corn pancake with white cheese. But that is really interesting. Because that cheese mm. looks dense and heavy but it's actually quite light. Oh is mm. it? Yeah, and actually this sweet corn fritter is slightly heavier than the cheese and mm. you wouldn't think that from looking at it. And we've got a cachapa and, and, and it's lovely it and salty whereas this and the sweet corn is quite it's sweet. Yeah. So it's a lovely little um quite nice mix of flavours. Nice little bite. Mm yeah, the texture is a good
1: texture. So growing up then, did you get takeaways growing up? What was your no, it, like? it was like...
2: So I was born in Kettering, moved away for a year when I was five, and moved back to Kettering. And that's my earliest memories of living in Banbury. Right. Where I never had a takeaway, as far as I remember in Where's Banbury. Banbury, that's... Oxfordshire. Can't remember ever having a takeaway in Banbury. But then back to Kettering, where we lived literally round the back of a fish and chip shop. Oh really? So our garden smelt like fish and chips constantly, which was like <laughs> just driving me crazy. You know, it was just salivating, and <laughs> eyes rolling in the back of my head, really wanting the fish and chips and never getting it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'd get it if my mum went away for a bit, and then my dad was like, we go to the chip. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really like too excited about.
1: But you know, so I mean, were you constantly thinking about that? Was it was it was it a thing you wanted that food? Because well, it can kind been have been an adverse effect. effect. Where um, like my mum. It was a brilliant cook. OK.
2: And we had loads of homemade food, you know, even, like, homemade bread and stuff and yeah. uh, biscuits and things. Like, and, and I would... And no one ever made me feel like this, but always see it as, like, you know, the more swanky stuff was getting a takeaway or something. Yeah. Like, that, like, that was like, that was cooler or that was, like... I don't know, I kind of want. I, I remember going to school and having, like, homemade biscuits once and being weirdly ashamed by them.
1: Right. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: then Jamie Thompson um, offering... I was like, oh, no, because I've got, got, got some, you know... Homemade biscuits out my lunchbox, and Jamie Thompson had clocked them, so I thought I had to make a big deal about it. I was like, oh, no, I hate these. (laughs) And he was like, I'll swap with you. They look good. I swapped him for a penguin, and I remember eating this very boring penguin bar while looking at him eating this massive <laughs> chocolate biscuit that my mum had made that had, like, cream, like chocolate cream <laughs> smashed in between. It was like, like, a, like a squirrel with two hands. And, and kind of looking around vigilantly like a squirrel, does it, around, the, around the canteen, hoping that no one stole it. On. And I'm, I'm looking at him thinking, oh, he's really lucked out there, actually. Now I see someone else eating that biscuit, I realise how awesome it is. And now I'm eating this penguin, I realise this is boring. <laughs> That's really fun. But then I still always saw takeaways as a treat. And, um, yeah, if it was my birthday or whatever. I remember, like, um, having KFC for my birthday one year. And I'd only had KFC once before that. And the first time I had KFC, just absolutely my head exploded with like I couldn't believe how good it tasted because yeah. just that I was not used to those levels of salt, so I was just like, oh fuck, this is incredible. So I asked for KFC for my birthday, and I couldn't stop thinking about it for the build up to my birthday. I was like, I can't believe I'm going to have a KFC, and then having it and being quite disappointed that it was like not as excited as I remember as it being the first, the first time. time. But yeah, it was always a a treat.
0: So was dinner usually? At the table, then.
2: Yeah. At home, yeah. Yeah, weren't really allowed it in front of the TV. It was. It's meant to be. We all sit down together and have. Yeah, uh, wasn't like a really. We weren't really asking very often if we'd have it in front of the TV, but like you know, we knew that that was like. So, what's your evening routine? You come home from school. Come yeah. from school, watch TV. Well, we get to watch all the kids' TV, including Newsround, yeah. um, and uh, Blue Peter after that, and then uh, then it was tea time. Okay. So then it was food to the and you know you didn't know what dessert was until you'd finished your mains.
1: Oh, really? Oh, that's
0: interesting.
2: Because we were, you know... Well, your
1: mum did a dessert every night. Well,
2: sometimes it was just, you know, a bowl of natural yoghurt with some raisins in it. Yes. But you didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you were having your main course.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And
2: we were all sugar addicts, including my dad. So everyone's going, what's for pudding? And she's like, surprise, you'll see. And you won't get it unless you finish that main course. So you finish it, and then she's like... It could be, you know, a massive bowl of ice cream. And you're like, I'm so glad I ate my mains. And then sometimes it's a a banana and you're like, well, well played. (laughs) (laughs) Well done.
1: (laughs) Because your dad's like a proper pudding addict as well, isn't he? Yeah. So is this because your mum was pushing these incredible puds? For, mm. is, this, oh. is that what's happened? Is she, is she created because you're an ice cream addict. That's like you. I've sure. heard you talk about ice cream seven thousand times with so absolute about. love. Yeah, I think
2: about it all the time. <laughs> my mum <laughs> used to make ice cream. she's really? an ice cream maker, and this is how addicted we were to ice cream as a family. Was that? Um, very quickly with the ice cream maker. The ice cream stopped being frozen once it had been, so it'd be mixed in the ice cream maker, mm-hmm. and then just straight in the bowl and we'd eat it like that. Not, okay. not frozen, <laughs>
1: as, a, as a slop. <laughs> okay, we have a new package. now. Opened. really
2: we need a sauce for those, so actually, so this is some tostones, tostones. Which are? Plantain, amazing. fried up really crispy, and it's got salt and sugar on them. Oh. So now, I don't usually use the dips. So we have got here like a, a kind of pea green dip, and uh, a red kind of saucy looking dip. Now, I've never used them. They come yeah. with every single delivery. I have so many of these in my fridge door, definitely at least a large <laughs> bottle each of these <laughs> tiny little ramekins. <laughs> uh, so, you know, let's, yeah. let's use these ones at least. And if
0: anyone's listening, send a picture of the, your fridge door with your little pots of sauce inside them. Good content that. that that's good, content. <laughs> good content. It's good content. It's a good content. I I've got at least eight in mind.
1: Yeah. Okay, let's okay. try this. Um, no, that's spicy. Right. And I'm gonna cool you down. So do you remember yeah. the first takeaway? Or even maybe a meal out yeah. that really sort of blew you away and sort of properly pushed you forward into loving food. Well in an very, expansive way. I was very
2: late to loving food. When I was in my 20s, I realised I'm going to have to do this forever until I'm dead, eating food, and so I best just get into it and stop just having it as fuel because that doesn't make any sense. I'm having to do it every day. There are certain things that you have to do for the rest of your life. You're just going to have to do them. Mm -hmm. And if you don't start enjoying them, your life is going to be bad. So if you don't enjoy having a shit, then you're an idiot because you're going to have to do that a lot. And it, best not make it a chore. Best make it something you look forward to and it's lovely to sit down. I can say,
1: as a parent, it is my happiest moment of the day. Yeah. <laughs> it is literally a bit of me <laughs> time. Yeah. And the more difficult the poo, the better, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, are you, how are you liking yeah. the So yeah. I was going to say, this is there's a real kick to that red sauce. This fried plantain yeah. has less of a sweetness of the slightly stewed stuff you'd maybe get from a Caribbean place. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, which seems to retain more of that b- banana-y plantain. It's, yeah. It has lost some of that, but it's still lovely. It's just yeah. very different. Yeah. It's why
2: they sprinkle a bit of sugar on it, I think. It's
1: more, It's like a crisp, really, isn't it? Yes. That's what it is.
2: It's like a big, chewy, very hard on the outside crisp so,
1: you were saying that, so, so this moment where you, you, in your 20s, you kind of... Yeah, I was in my 20s, I started you doing do. I
2: mean, yeah. when I was a kid, there were some places that I looked forward to going to. Mm-hmm. The Red Lion in Wellham, I loved going to eat there. That's like the earliest place I remember. So what was the Red Lion? Pub. OK. A village pub that did food, but it just, for whatever reason, had a really good chef who loved cooking beef. <laughs> so, <laughs> great steaks, great burgers. Mm-hmm. My auntie and uncle discovered it. And it just became where we'd always go for birthdays. Oh, yeah. nice. And you'd always go there. I always got a White House burger, which was... My memory is, is the size of my head. Like, properly, that's, my, that's not an exaggeration. Like, that's my memory, is it was this massive burger that could only have been, like, you know, handmade. Like, you couldn't have bought that in a shop. Covered... In like the thickest cheddar cheese, like the cheese we sweat in, that kind of thickness.
1: <laughs> and then
2: like a massive fried egg on top of it that was like, you know, might as well have been an ostrich egg. <laughs> and then these two big sesame seed buns and I yeah. would never be able to finish it. I would always like have to tap out at some point.
1: Okay, But we- the
2: only reason I tapped out was because I wanted the ice cream sundae for dessert. And I, I didn't want to completely... I'd get full up on the mains. Yeah. And I was vocal about that to my parents, about my tactics. Uh, my yeah. dad respected it.
0: And would, they, would your parents let you eat pretty much whatever you sort of wanted? Were, were, were they strict about your diet? Like, would, would your parents have said, James, you can't eat all of that again. You're never going to eat it.
2: Because we didn't, like, go out to eat all the time. Whenever we did, it was a treat. So it was like, okay. just get what you want. You know, we weren't a starter family. We never, never had starters. Mm. Didn't interest us. Mm-hmm. So we'd always have mains and the dessert... And they just let us just go for it. Because also, when you, when, you, when you went to Wellham, part of the excitement was that you're trying to, like, eat something massive. Yeah. So we go to the red line in Wellham. We really hope like, bring out a massive thing and we're going to try and eat it. And we're going to fail. <laughs>
1: But like, like boy versus food, yeah, yeah. Food. yeah,
2: boy versus food. Yeah, there's like there's stories about us um, yeah. as kids, like always having to thinking in our heads we had to finish our mains. And there's a story that's been told to me a number of times of the time my parents made a curry that was far too hot even for them okay. by mistake or whatever, and I was just there soldiering through it while like dying because I wanted my dessert. I didn't know what it was. Hoping it was ice cream, because yeah. And apparently, like, I'd say that out my mouth while going, it's very nice, <laughs> <laughs> like that. And to, still try trying to score points along the way. So, like, um, yeah. But um, when we went out to eat, it was like, great. I could, If I want to, I can tap out of this White House lunch burger. But, um, most of the time, I didn't want to tap out, because, like, you know, I was excited to be eating this thing, oh, so completely, like, I was yeah, all yeah. disappointed when it's like, oh, I'm not eating the whole, you know, once again, the White House Rump burger has beaten me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd look on the menu and think, maybe I should go for the Henry VIII Mixed Grill or something like that, but like, um, <laughs> Henry
0: VIII mixed grill. But that was my dad's
2: domain <laughs> and I wasn't going to tread on his <laughs> toes. nuanced restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, so what, okay, no, let's, let's move on, on, on
0: to
1: the next
2: uh, dish. Okay, let's go for, so this is the arepas, and, um, okay, so one is chicken cheese and plantain one is beef cheese and plantain
1: and oh, wow. one is pork and cheese do you Amazing. have any preferences boys so <laughs> i'm happy to go you go first
0: i'm summary. very happy if my grandmother was listening now she'd say don't eat the pork it's haram so yeah. i've got that voice in sure. my head but i'm gonna you know, but i'm i will still eat it you she, mean, well. she won't be listening yeah. to the podcast is that the one you um, want that's the one I want, I'm gonna go for yeah, the pork. What, what, like, yeah, what would you like, This is your house, so what would
2: yes, you but like? Um, I would. I, but then it's the exciting thing for me is getting to see people eat food that I like. Uh, so, okay. you know, I'd say definitely go for the pork. Oh, why not? I'm gonna go for the pork. Um, and uh, you choose either one of them you like. So mate.
0: these three things look like they're sort of... They look a, a fried bit like, dough like, dough a, like, a, like a schnitzel split in half down the middle. Yeah. Uh-huh. This place is great. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good.
2: Um, The first time I ordered from here... really good. ...was with Ed Gamble. We did not think the Arepas would be this big, and we ordered so many of them, and uh, (laughs) were virtually in tears, uh, just thinking we've really messed this up.
0: Mmm. That is good.
1: That's so soft. Mmm. That's absolutely delicious. This makes me think, I mean, I already am overweight, but if I lived in Venezuela, I would be huge. I think I, I have, yeah, I think every...
2: Everyone has, like, a... Uh, a thing in their head of, like, how much more they would weigh in certain countries. Like, I know in America, I'd be dead.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Every time I come back from there, I'm like, yeah, there's there's no way. (laughs) Like, we we can all be all sneery about them. Oh, the obesity levels in America. It's like, yeah, because the food is amazing and really really bad for you. Yeah. So (laughs) I would absolutely go nuts there.
1: Like, when you're on tour and when you're, Mm. let's say the Edinburgh Festival as well, like, how are you eating there? Awfully, because especially, Mm.
2: like, Edinburgh, you just go, well, there's no point pretending to myself. Like, I've joined gyms in in Edinburgh and then gone a few times the first week and then that's it. So, like, I'm going to be too stressed and caught up in the whole thing. I just need to go easy on myself, let myself off the hook. On tour, often I'm... I'm I mean, you eat loads because you're travelling a lot. Mm -hmm. Have, like, a decent... You know, one decent meal a day. But, you know, I want to go to... The good places and, yeah. you know, wherever this new places I am today, you know, the yeah. new city, I want to go to, like, the best place there. And so do you do, so do that? that like, yeah, I try and Google on the way there if we've got time to have a meal before. The, so, you know, the... so Josh, obviously,
1: keeping keep bringing like he's a very close mutual friend of uh-huh. us. he will, when he's on tour, will go to the safety of places where he knows he can get the thing will be all right, which is yeah. like Pizza Express and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you, so you will, you'll seek kind out of restaurants that you have heard are good and you'll enjoy the sort of... Do a mixture. Okay, really, that just depends on how much time we've got before the gig.
0: Not much time,
1: yeah. straight to Nando's.
0: You know, most people I know basically can't eat before they're going to go on stage.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: I think Phil Wang was saying that he tried and it's an absolute yeah. nightmare. Yeah. When you're off stage, do you ever have a craving for food? Before the gig, yeah. I'm a proper psycho with that. Don't even care. Eating it, not even thinking
2: about it, but doing a gig. Don't care. Really? <laughs> when I was in a band, I remember having a big spag bowl once before a gig, <laughs> <laughs> and then literally being sick. <laughs> so that was different. I was nervous in those days. Stand-up, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> eating a meal, standing on stage, feeling a bit too heavy, bloated, <laughs> D- deliver a half-decent show, go back, order room service. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is it fair to say
2: that we have a similar relationship with stand-up emotionally? For me, the anxiety would hit during the gig. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, pre-gig, I'm like, everything's fine. Looking forward to the gig, and then I'd go on stage and go... Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> and, then, and then you're like, oh, God. Will you
1: ever get that, which I sometimes do, ten minutes in when it's going well, and you think, well, I can't sustain this.
2: <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Sometimes, or sometimes you get that desperation to, come on, let's keep this in the air. Let's go. Because, like, you know, since being an open spot and not knowing how to do comedy, so mm-hmm. then, like, doing those open spot gigs and just trying to figure it out, and when you'd have a good one, just really trying to hold on to that good one and sustain <laughs> it for the whole set, and that never goes away. So now, whenever I have a gig that's going well, you're like, oh, come on, this is it. We're going to ride this to the end. We're going to have a good one to the very yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that you know, that rarely happens, or it rarely happens to your own standards, that you have something that for you qualifies as a really good one. And like, I think on the last tour, I had one gig that from start to finish was exactly how I wanted it to be, like beat for beat, perfect. That's how I want the show to be. And afterwards, it was embarrassing how giddy I was. Like, going from, you know, normally you just going, oh, let's go back to the hotel, i want to go to bed. Uh, but, but suddenly I'm like,
0: woohoo, hey, Paul, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> wah, 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 hey! And, and, and
2: i have being, being a joker and doing, like, stupid shit and little bits all the time because I'm in a good mood. <laughs> and I, go, go, I went somewhere and I got a club sandwich and a Bloody Mary in the hotel bar. I was like, ah! i like, you know, just in this amazing (laughs) mood because I've had the first good gig I've
0: enjoyed (laughs) in in years. That's really interesting because I'm not a stand-up and I think the people who would watch stand-up and see you, James, would think that, you know, if you're doing, like, a big show that you've sort of already nailed down your material, Mm. you know it back to front, so each set would be no different, one from the other. You're just Mm. going off and doing it. But you saying that sometimes when you're up on stage, something can, what, can, can, can something throw you and it changes? Or you feed off the audience a different way?
2: Well, imagine if
0: you had
2: a script for every party you went to, and every single party you went to, you just said the same things. And it doesn't matter who's at the party. Always a bunch of different people at the party, but you always arrive there and you say the same things in the same order and you go around the room and you're, you're standing in that part of the room at that point and then that part, you're saying this to this person and then that to the next one and you, you have a party and it really works well and then the next Fifteen party, minutes in
1: the middle you tell people to go and have some drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
2: come back like, again. You know, and one night you go in and you're like, hey, everyone. Um, what about dips? Dips are weird and, and everyone there at the party for some reason loves it. They're like,
0: yeah!
2: And then you go to the next party You go, hey, everyone, what about dips? And they're like, what the? Her wife just died. (laughs) Why are you bringing up the dips?
0: She drowned drowned in a massive (laughs) vat of mint sauce. We're talking
2: (laughs) about something really serious here. And like, uh, so like, that's that's kind of what it is. Is it? And then you end up going in your own childish mind, Oh, I said this stuff yesterday and it was funny. What's the matter with you lot? It's like, well, we're a different group of people who have been through a different bunch of stuff and uh, you seem to be on, like, autopilot mode because there's no way to speak to people. Uh,
1: yeah. Like, oh, yeah, it's
2: weird, isn't it? So then but then I try and be in the moment more and I try and be more open to changing it in the moment and, uh, and, and that, I guess, leaves you more open to disappointment and, um, you know, it makes you feel more vulnerable because you don't just go, fuck it, autopilot mode, doesn't matter who's in mm. front of me, do the gig, get off, go home. I feel very responsible for them. They, you know, they, Some of them have got babysitters. That's a classic thing that comedians always say to mm. each other to remind you that, like, for these people, it's not just they're going out for the night and, yeah. like, you're their evening's entertainment. You might be the, their entertainment for the month, you don't know. And then going out... Being like, right, I've got to be in the moment, I've got to be engaged with them, I've got to give them the best show possible, and then it's falling flat, and in my head it's like, you're fucking this up
0: for everybody! (laughs) And then
2: then it's like, actually, you know, getting anxious before the show would benefit me in a way, because I would at least kind of like manage my expectations and go, do you know what, maybe this isn't going to go well, and then I can adjust it. There's been gigs before that I've done where I think, okay, last time I was here it was bad, it was a bad gig, so I can't expect them to be a great audience. So therefore, adjust your expectations. They're gonna be like really quiet. Um, So just have fun on your own terms. And then I go out with that attitude and then I have the best night of of the tour. And I love it because like, I was never expecting a good gig from them. I, I like writing the shows and I like filming them. So if I film the shows and I watch them back after having edited them and they're the show I wanted and the show I had in my head, you then think to yourself, well, all that stuff that I put myself through all the beating myself up all the time and um, the way too many gigs that I did, <laughs> or, you know, and no no breaks that I gave myself. Clearly paid off. So we'll be doing that again next time. And it's like now trying to be like,
1: no. So do you think it will change the way you approach stand-up? Well, then? at the
2: minute I'm just having a break and I'm not okay, giving yeah. myself a time I'm going to be back. So I'm basically going to, you know, do it again when I want to do it again. And that could be next week and it could be never. Approaching it that way. Or it could be when I'm skin and I need to do it. <laughs> no, so like... <laughs> It will most likely be that. And, and just trying to kind of like think what do you want to do and what's important to you and all this. And just trying to kind of like reflect on it a bit more. Because when you start out as an open micer, you hit the ground running, you hit a conveyor belt running. This is like instantly like you're like on the last bit of the gladiators and you're like, fucking hell. <laughs> and I'm trying to like run up the. Yeah, yeah. And go, I can't stop I'm going to, or oh, I'm out. And it feels like that for years. Because you know, you're trying to make it your living to begin with. And then it becomes your living and you want to keep it your living. And you also want to, you know, you want to get on that radio show or do that TV, or you want to do Edinburgh and you want to be a touring comic and uh, and have an hour-long show. So you're just... There's more and more goals and you can't have any time off because otherwise everyone will forget
1: about you. I have memories of getting my first paid weekends at gigs that I was really looking mm. at, like, the glee clubs, all these things, like, oh those sort of aspiration, that's what I'll do. They are you know, the great gigs, whatever. Yeah. But never actually stopping enjoying them because it was yeah. like, oh now I need this to pay my rent and this mm. is me, this is my job. So it's like it all just, everything changes. Yeah, well, it's I, complicated. I, it's, it's
0: really interesting because I think people listening, and especially me for like what watching stand-ups, you sort of I think you forget how many gigs you do before mm. you reach a level where you're seen on television or on radio. Yeah. So like, I mean how how many how many gigs do you think you would do before as an open like, I mean, are you. Uh, how five, many. So, is like. It, is it like f- three times a week, four times a week?
2: TV and radio, I started getting more of in 2011 was my first TV spot, which was also Howard's Good News.
1: Well, they misspelled your name on the back Well, they
2: misspelled my name. <laughs> call me James A. Castor a million times behind me in the long screen.
0: But like, behind you and on screen.
2: I started in 2008 and. Um, I guess, average, I was doing five gigs a week, but mostly doing, like, gigs every night. That's um, quite
0: brutal. And I mean, that's like, you know, absolutely brutal.
2: And then, so, it's like, yeah, that, that year in 2011 was probably also when I started doing Josh's radio show. So, oh, you know, a yeah, a couple of years. So, 2010 was when I supported Josie Long and it became my job. And I did have that moment where I got to reflect on it and appreciate it a bit. Because, oh, like, the first leg of Josie Long's tour was in the Highlands of Scotland. And, you know, I'd been working in a school as a classroom assistant before that. And um, I remember I was driving on that tour, which didn't end well, but in terms of my, my driving didn't end well. I crashed the car and nearly killed everyone. But I've I told that story on many, many yeah. podcasts. But I remember driving through the first, the first day or the first week and driving around the Scottish Highlands and going up this winding hillside and looking down at the valley and there, there's this river... And, like, there was this mist going along the top of the river and all this, like, greenery and wildlife. And realising it was, like, you know, two in the afternoon, one in the afternoon, and that uh, I'd normally be in the classroom working. Mm. And really, like, so not on stage thinking this, but, like, you know, in the day thinking, <laughs> yeah. oh, this is incredible. Like, because also, also I'd only ever been to the Scottish Highlands on holiday. that I'd been The only other time I'd been there was to, like, a wildlife-watching holiday with my parents. So it was like this is where you go on a holiday. It's not like where you just spend, yeah. you know, a Wednesday afternoon, and you're the only ones driving around the road in October. And you know, everyone who you used to work with at the school is currently sitting in those classrooms that you were in, and now you're here. And that was like, uh, and then, and then later that day, I think Josie <laughs> made us, but also it was fun. Go swimming in the uh, in the in a river or something. <laughs> it, it, it was in a cove, and these and seals swam up to us and we were just swimming in a cove on the Isle of Mull, and um, these seals just swam over and we were like there, and we were like, this is magical, and then one of us said, do they bite you? And then we shat ourselves <laughs> and, and, and swam to the shore. But, like, um, but there was this moment of being like, oh, was it? is this what stand-up is? <laughs> yeah. Is it what being a comedian is going to be like? I swim with seals all the time and, like, you know, to have this magical life. <laughs> Now, let's what, open up the final mm, final box then. Final box is is this is my standard order. Yeah, I just get this for lunch usually. It's pretty heavy. Arroz pollo. I know that because it's written on the lid. This is rice, chicken, chorizo, plantain on the top, peas and carrots. This is what I have for lunch usually. Wow, I just
1: have that to myself. Okay, let's give this a go. Oh yes. So, are there any weird? Are there any weird takeaway things you do or any sort of... For example, is there a way that you always eat it? Are you you kind of in front of the telly or what are you doing? Are you... uh...
2: Always in front of the telly. I mean, like, that's the mega treat, right? I mean, I I, I was one of those kids who was like, um, you know, when I grow up, when I'm an adult... I'm going to do all the things that uh, Mummy and Daddy won't let me do. Yeah, I'm going to eat, eat food in front of the TV, eat, eat the takeaways all the time and all this. And, um, you know, most people grow up and then they don't do those things because they're adults now, whereas yeah. I have completely remained in my head <laughs> a child going like, "What? What? this is the best treat ever. I get to sit in front of the TV, watch whatever I like and eat this takeaway that's, that's objectively bad for me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I, and it's like, I, yeah, I still have that thing in my head where I'm a kid going like,
1: I get to do whatever I like.
2: <laughs> are you sat like, on the sofa or are you sat... I'm sat on the sofa behind okay. me, the one you see there, I'm sat there, I've got my legs up on the
1: footstool. Oh. What do you make of this?
0: Well, I was gonna say, I think maybe because I've been so spoiled with the others, mm. this doesn't quite do it for me as much as the others.
1: Wow. Yeah. See, I conversely, I'm a big fan of it. I think... Got, I think it's got a sort of like a special fried rice type. Yeah. Yes. Everything in there. Yeah. homely warming quality to it it's it's, it's lovely i
0: totally agree agree with all that i think just because i've I've had this indulgent sort of like salty sweetie fried stuff Mm -hmm. beforehand this feels actually like the healthier i know it is objectively probably the the better option i actually think it's my favorite dish but i like it's very good it's good but i think you know i'd probably still like the uh the arepas the arepas i mean we talked
1: earlier about that heartbreak when you get a takeaway wrong.
0: Have you ever had a takeaway disaster? Anything
1: that's ever gone wrong? Or are there, are there frustrations and gripes that you have around the world of takeaway?
2: I had a guy during lockdown. Um, and the thing is now, obviously, is that you can see them on your app. So you can see where the guy is. Yeah. And uh, I, got, you know, I got told by the app, he's nearby. I was like, good, because I've never been this hungry.
1: <laughs>
2: and I looked on the app and I could see him. I was like, great. And uh, he kind of circled the flap <laughs> and uh, didn't stop. And then went round again. I was like, that's this guy. i have to ring this guy in a minute.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and then he stopped next to the building. I was like, okay, here we go. Probably walking from his vehicle. And I waited and no one rang the buzzer. And I waited a bit longer. And then I just watched on the app him go away
0: <laughs> and leave. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then uh, I got a text from him on the app saying, I've spilt it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. It's so much right? to no apology. Yeah, and... Uh, and uh, so you ran down to the pavement with a spoon? He went, he, went, he went away. So I had to wait, like, another 45 minutes or so. So, yeah, by the time it arrived, I was absolutely... So what had, he, what had he spilt? I think it might have even been... No, it wasn't this. It was from a sushi plate, and I'd ordered miso soup uh, along with su- sushi. So it was just, like... Arrived, Everything I was covered.
1: Yeah, he just, he, it. He, he, he'd,
2: he'd spilt it, and it was, it was just me There's, so all over the The sushi. tone
1: of that message sounds like he really feels he's let himself down. and I, it's yeah. Yeah. In my mind, it, it he's, did feel like it's shame. Shame. he's quit <laughs> the industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't yeah. stop driving. The <laughs> last <laughs> message he got from his, his, his wife for a tea from him before he drove into the sea was, I've spilt it. <laughs> Poor guy. Claire, my girlfriend, we she got a um faux mm. yeah. early yeah. this week and mm. spilt it. They spilt the broth was all over the bag, but the, the rest of it was fine. So just the right. vegetables bit. And they were trying to argue they shouldn't have to send us a new Right yeah. I mean, but the the faux is where the flavour in the broth you can't yep. just send you sort can't. of dry yeah. chicken no. and whatever, you know. Well so what
2: makes <laughs> you go and respect this guy? Yeah. Don't try, <laughs> don't try and fob me off. was like, I've spilt
1: it, forget it. You're getting a new one because, like, there's no point. You shouldn't have to pay for this. At the Edinburgh Festival once, I once had a pizza delivered that had a footprint on it. Well wow. That that's my worst delivery. I forgot what I meant about that. <laughs> was that yeah, yeah. what? In, in the pizza or on the box? On the box, but heavily into the, the pizza, pizza as well. And it looked like it had been baked in, but that made no sense. Did you eat the pizza? I... I Late around on the pizza, pizza. you yeah. ate around the, the pizza. pizza. Yeah, right.
0: so you, had a shoot, you had a foot-shaped pizza left.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you still ate it. You were at that point in your life. You still life. ate it. Nowadays, I don't think you would. Now, this is not something we ever do on this show, but mm. um, because it's you, I spoke to Claire earlier, and I was saying, oh, James is doing the podcast later, and uh, James, I think you'll probably agree that you would say that some of the things I do, food-wise, you would consider a little bit weird. Yeah. For example, when we went for a curry together yeah. about a month and a half ago and I asked the waiter to, to order what he would choose. Yeah. <laughs>
0: God, and this, and and this which I maintain a,
1: is a good... It's thing. Already, what's, your, what's your take on that? It already
0: embarrasses me, Crane. Well, you isn't? know what my
1: take on it is. Like,
2: <laughs> the first time I was aware of you doing that, yeah. was not in a restaurant, it was a takeaway. Oh, yeah, And it was one of the happiest train journeys I've ever had. I was on a train, we were on a text group together. I mean, Crane's best moments... A Aside when, from his stand-up. Yeah. And <laughs> when he's feeling extremely like he's won, like, like he's, he's hacked the system. Yeah. And you just know that he's <laughs> about to fail. Something's about to happen. How <laughs> dare you. Huge so like, <laughs>
1: I'll
2: dare you. And you announced to the text group that you were going to get an Indian takeaway. And uh, you were excited about it and you couldn't stop texting us about how excited you were. It's on its way. It's going to go, oh, I can't wait. And then we were like, you know being supportive at the time, and send us photos of it when you get it, Crane. I bet it's delicious. (laughs) And then you sent a photo of it, and it was the worst (laughs) takeaway I've ever seen anyone order because you got mainly... You got an overwhelming amount of carbs. Even for, like, you know... I guess an Indian takeaway, a lot of people would get papadoms or um, naan bread uh, and rice, but you really went, uh, uh, like, big on those. (laughs) And then this prawn curry that you had said to the person on the phone whatever you recommend. You, would, <laughs> you When you ordered yourself this treat of a curry while your girlfriend is away and you're doing it in secret, you just said whatever your favourite curry is, the person Stand on the by phone. It. And they bought you the worst prawn curry. It had six tiny prawns in it, like those yeah, small yeah. ones. They that were you shrimp. Get in the they weren't prawns. Yeah, little, little tiny shrimp, and it was... Such a bad curry. <laughs> and you had so much like just like overwhelmingly on the photo. Not I've never seen a photo of an Indian meal before and gone, ah, oh, that's the main colour that's jumping out of me is this whiteness. Sheer <laughs> sheer white. God, there's a rice. <laughs> and poppadons, and bread, and then like this little curry that had visibly like a couple of tiny, the tiniest prawns. It was really bad. That you then said you just let the person on the phone just decide what you got, and I was (laughs) laughing so much on this train I was I was so ecstatic because so I think I was the only one on the group who was like live on the group at the same time as you <laughs> and just really relishing laying into you about how you're an idiot and you're so stupid and <laughs> this, this is like the, the most stupid thing anyone's ever done and like, you're supposed to be treating yourself you idiot is it, is it just worth lying to your girlfriend for you piece of shit and like really you went a bit hard actually and then like and also like the saddest thing is that you had then planned to uh, go across to the park across the road and put the um, you know put the takeaway boxes in the bag in the bi- in the bin in the park. I did park. do that. Yeah, you did do so, the So, I so, used so, to so it a so bin opposite so across the
1: road. I'd hide the so takeaway
2: boxes so it couldn't be, be detected.
1: Somewhere. Uh, that's low, isn't it? Yeah, well that
2: it's just <laughs> such
1: a sad. But walk. I still maintain that the the waiter will know the menu better
0: than you will. No the waiter, the waiter is thinking, well what cheap food can I give this well, dumb fuck? That's what it is. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that should be the new name for the podcast. <laughs> what cheap food can I give this dumb fuck? <laughs> It'll be the whole name of the podcast and just your smiling little face on the
1: thumbnail those, and those words around you. Now, the reason I bring this up is Claire wanted me to ask you whether you thought this was weird, because I didn't yes. even, wasn't even aware I really did this with takeaways as a takeaway this thing. Is a new thing? No, I've been doing it for a while, but I hadn't really clocked that I'd been doing it. Go on. When I'm ordering a takeaway, it's not that weird. Uh-huh. I will sit there and I will mime... You know the this different, is where the different saying, dishes. Yeah. Well, you, so I will on, have cream. You know <laughs> go a little
2: burger and I'll go, and you'll pretend to eat a or burger. Or I will get
1: pretend with chopsticks and go. Okay. And, I, and it puts me into a space where I'm having that meal. Yeah. So the curry, I'm, I scoop it. Yeah. I drop into the mindset of a person having that cuisine, yes. and therefore I know. Okay, that's what I want. So I'll go. I'll try burgers. I don't. It feels a bit heavy. I'm not gonna have that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll try typhoon. I'm like,
0: oh, that's, maybe it's, that it's feels like the smacking your lips. Okay. that's, I think, really putting me So open. I'm
2: aware that you think that that's not weird and that you think that your logic makes sense. Now, here's why it's weird, just so you know. <laughs> okay. That's the thought process everyone goes through when they order a takeaway, yeah. but they don't have to mind. <laughs> <laughs> so most people, when they're looking down a menu of a takeaway, are thinking, what do I want? And they are able to visualise in their minds <laughs> e- eating a burger. Can you um, do that? Having have, yes, have, have yes, a curry. Yes, I can visualise a- that. And that they are that able point. to anticipate how that will feel based on how they feel physically right now. Not so fully. That, They're not in the way that I am. I'm really... I think, I think actually, yes. Yeah, and, I think. And, and I think, if anything, <laughs> if anything I would find Mimin less helpful. Uh, I think, I think that, that, that would not help the situation in at all. In fact,
0: quite embarrassing. I think it would add yeah. embarrassment to the situation rather than, I think, aid it. Yeah. So this is. I'm. I'm so unconsciously aware that I'm doing it. It was only about
1: a week and a half ago that Claire pointed it out and went, "Oh, yeah. well, you're doing. You, you know, you always do that." Patients are the same. Though. So, uh, do you do those lip noises? Yeah. Do you
0: and do you do? Yes, it? It's, do it's lip as noises. if you're sort of feeding your child Why? and doing a, a heli- fake helicopter. Why would you do that?
1: <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> Choosing what takeaway you want is difficult. In fact, I have an idea for an app which decides what takeaway you're going to have. You, Let's just get the podcast away first. You right? write in sort of. Oh, I'm in this sort of mood. I'm happy. I, I, what? I, want, I want. So it's like
2: to fill stuff out.
1: I want to lose a bit of weight or whatever, and it'll mm-hmm. go. You're having sushi tonight. Actually, I, I'm not sure. As I said it out loud, it feels like a really bad app idea. Yeah, yes. But, yeah, yeah. but anyway, of course it's objectively bad. So,
0: but... so it's
1: hard to come up. It's hard to decide exactly. There's so many options. I'm mm-hmm. gonna you know, have Venezuelan, Chinese, burger, Indian. So this is my little fail-safe trick Mm. to make sure I always have what I want. The thing is, at some point
2: in the future, this thing, that kind of app is going to exist for everything because we've all got choice paralysis now, whether it's what we watch on, you know, streaming platforms or what we're going to order for food. And it is going to become, at some point, there's going to be these things. And in in the distant future, it will be no-one ever makes a decision for themselves and we all just get the government send us... This is yeah. what you're eating today. This is yeah. what you're watching today. And it, you know, it's going to be a pretty bleak future. But you're quite happy to
1: delve, to dive face first into that. What the hey? I think too much choice is stressful. That's my thing. It helps me. Long yeah, it it continue. is. Well, so
2: it is weird. And um, the fact that uh, you and Claire have been together for years. You've had two children together. The fact that she's only brought it up a month ago um, is amazing on her. I mean, she, she continues I, I, to astound me. That woman, does, yeah. um, a really, just woman. such such a good person. And uh, <laughs> okay. I, I, <laughs> I would say, if I went out with someone and I did that, I would expect that to be brought up the first time I did it. <laughs> I expect that immediately. If I'm going, they go, "What's that? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I'm just trying to visualize eating the burger to see if I'm in the mood for it. Oh, okay." Well, it's been nice getting to know you, <laughs> and uh, you know, good luck with everything in the future. I just better leave. So, um, so I think. Well, that's that's all the dishes I now. All, isn't the, it? Dishes, all the dishes.
0: dishes so all the So no dishes. dessert.
1: This is the biggest. No, no dessert. I I loved it. I, I thought, mean, I absolutely loved it. This was this was fantastic. I don't know much about Venezuelan food, but it's all delicious. It's amazing, really. what what, what was your favorite well, I dish? I thought
0: the repas was the uh, repas, right? That was the pork and cheese was for me, it was basically felt like a guilty pleasure burger. Mm-hmm. So I think I probably couldn't have it every night, but the night that I do have it, it's a great night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, I, I thought it was all delicious. Uh, I, for me, the rice dish was my favourite. Yours was the arepas. Yes, absolutely. Uh, what about you, James? What's, your, what's your, yours? Probably well, the rice, I guess.
2: I mean, yeah, I normally order the rice for lunch. Nice to have the arepas as a treat. But I don't normally order the first dish we had the sweet corn pancake one. Mm, and oh, one. I really enjoyed having that today and I think next time I order i make sure I get one of those. So um that yeah. was a, that was a nice little thing for me and I always love a crispy tostone.
1: Uh, James, thank you so much. That has been thank a joy. Thank, thank you for coming over. Thank you very much. Thank James. you for tea, guys. I've That's loved cool. it. It's been a lot of fun. It
0: was been great. This is honestly this is the best Venezuelan food I've had in London. Yeah, great. I'll second you that. Name the back. restaurant again? Mica China Eturia. Nice. (laughs) Thank you, James.
1: So that was the fantastic James Acaster there. Uh, brilliantly talented man and a fascinating person to talk to just what an absolute joy if you have been enjoying the show in general or you enjoyed that episode um then your support means the world do leave us a review wherever you get your podcast because it helps so so much and we just want to spread the word we have brilliant people coming up including next week simran
0: who have we got so next week we have jamie lang who is obviously Ooh star of maiden chelsea but also uh has a podcast called private parts and his own uh confectionery company called candy kittens um so we're really really looking forward to that
1: uh thanks so much for listening guys see you soon bye bye